0: Good morning, welcome to the Cone Zone, that's Lowell Cone, I'm Grant Cone. We got breaking news about the 49ers quarterbacks, Brock Purdy and Trey Lance. So let's talk about the breaking news uh, on this June day, starting with Brock. According to the NFL Network, Tom Pellicero, Brock Purdy remains on track to start week one. He's about four weeks into his throwing, now he's going to go to Jacksonville and spend the next few weeks with a orthopedic surgeon or something and a personal coach. And all indications are positive so far, and it's very important for everyone to know every step of the way that he's doing great. What do you think of this news, Dad?
1: um okay, I assume it comes from the 49ers. I mean that's my guess. so maybe it's true uh, yeah. i'm often I'm often skeptical. I mean I dealt with teams for forty years, and i I, I know they massage the truth so <clears throat> It seems positive. I like the kid. I think he's great for the team. I hope it comes true.
0: I hope it comes true, too. It just almost feels like the Niners are kind of trying to wish this into existence. Like, hey, three weeks, no setback. Four weeks, no setback. Like, you got like eight more to go. Do we really need to know every step of the way that things are going well? Why don't you just tell us at the end that it went well? Well, it makes it seem like they're a little nervous, doesn't it, Iggy? That's the what I'm going for. What is the emotion behind? It feels a little nervous, a little desperate, yep. like he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. Well, what yeah. if he doesn't? Does that mean you're not so confident about the other options? I don't know. Like why why? I thought you um, had the most quarterback friendly team in the league. Anyone could do well here. Oh, you mean the quarterback room? Yeah, I thought it was a room, not a I thought it was all about the room and not room. just Purdy. Yeah. 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 Um uh,
1: <laughs> they have such a good room. <laughs> what would it matter? Well, we'll right. have to talk about We'll have to talk about the other two guys in a minute. So let's say this is apparently good news. Apparently, it's apparently good,
0: news. good news. But it does feel like they're giving us a mixed message. On the one hand, they're saying we have a quarterback room. We like all three of our guys. It doesn't really matter. On the other hand, they're saying we we really, 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 really hope Brock Purdy's ready week one. Week one. Oh, they don't say hope that he he will be ready. Oh, no, no, yeah, it's not even hope. It's like that's going to happen. No. And we're just
1: going to speak oh. it into existence for sure. And in in, in addition, Iggy… <laughs> feels like
0: they're putting pressure on Purdy. Yeah. It's like, hey, man. Be uh, ready. Be be ready. Be ready. We expect that you'll be ready. Yeah. Yeah. I I know you think you're like good and you have some leverage, but you don't. You're young. We're not paying you much, and we need you on the field pronto, buddy. Because we're desperate for a quarterback. Because we're desperate for a quarterback. We're desperate for a Super Bowl victory. We've kind of wasted four years, and now this is our time. So, Brock, you're 23 years old, and your arm is hanging by a thread, but (laughs) – Rub some dirt on it and get on the field.
1: Yeah, right. Shake yeah. it off.
0: Shake it off. off. The one thing I want to say about this, we both assume it's coming from the Niners one way or another. Oh. What I think it's funny, we don't know how Brock feels. You know? This could be the Niners right. sending a message to Brock or their fans, but privately Brock and his camp could say, we'll see.
1: Yeah.
0: We'll see. So,
1: I mean, Iggy, I see a s- s- several scenarios. One is he's ready and he's great and he really plays well knocks our socks off wins a Super Bowl
0: mm-hmm.
1: another is he's pretty good yeah. he's pretty good maybe a little better than Jimmy gets him to the championship game loses another is he never plays right who right. knows if he's going to play this season
0: right it's all maybe, it's I'm it's all available every conclusion is yeah. available. And maybe Brock Purdy improves on what he showed last year, but it seems a little unrealistic to expect him to improve coming off an offseason where he just rehabbed. Improve? Yep. He didn't get to work on things. Right. Um, so there's that. Also, you know, he's a little bit like Jimmy in the sense that they had a lot of success early. And the question is, will they improve in there or will the league catch up to him? I think where they have similarities is it's kind of fair to look at them and say, where would they improve? Is Brock going to get bigger? Is he going to have a stronger arm? Um, or will the league sort of catch on to his tendencies? And I think maybe by the end, they might have been catching on a little bit to his, I don't know, something to think about, something to wonder. Iggy, what does he need to improve? What does he need to improve? Well, uh, according to his coaches, he needs to learn to step up in the pocket. And what he always does is scrambles out the back left of the pocket, even when there's a clean pocket, because he's little. And I think he sees the field a little bit better when he's outside. So the, the coaches want him to like, Play in rhythm and step up in the pocket, but that's not really how he plays quarterback. So we'll see. I mean, they wanted him to step up in the pocket on that play. He got injured, and in. they they blamed him for that.
1: They blamed him. The guy up in Seattle, Geno Smith, he doesn't step up in the pocket
0: either, does he? Well, he's he's, he's he I don't know. I don't know about that. Russell Wilson never hey. did. Russell Wilson never did. That's just how he right. plays. He's little. Kyler Miller. Kyler Murray doesn't. He's little. It's hard to expect a little guy to step up in the pocket because all of a sudden you have six foot five people in front of you. How do you throw the ball? Yeah right can't even see so maybe you just have to live with that being brock purdy all right should we talk trey lance albert breer who works for sports illustrated i work for sports illustrated he's one of the most connected plugged in people in the industry did an interview with colin cowherd yesterday and had a lot of nuggets about trey lance so we'll focus on what breer said i don't know what colin cowherd said i think he was asking (laughs) could i
1: could no could i could i just say one thing you said that breer is one of the most connected and he is I really admire Breer, and I think he represents Sports Illustrated beautifully, as do you. As far as Cowherd being connected, I have you that. ever – no, I'm saying, I'm saying, is he connected? Iggy, have
0: you ever seen him at the 49ers? Oh, no, absolutely not. No. No. But he talks to people who are there, I guess. Like, I guess. Uh, journalists. But not, but not you. Not me. No, not ne- never me. Okay. So – Albert Breer goes on this uh, TV show, interviewed about Trey Lance, and he says a few things. First, he says the Niners, if Brock Purdy can't go, and the Niners have to like weather the storm for a month with another quarterback, that it's pretty obvious that Sam Darnold would give them a better chance to win early on than Trey Lance, because Trey Lance is still a project who would need to improve. Uh, what do you think of that one?
1: Well, again, I assume that Breer is getting it from the team. I mean, Mm -hmm. uh, who else would say stuff like that? So let's slow down a minute. Um, I agree that um, Lance is still a project because they never developed them correctly. It's not his fault, but I agree he's still a project. But here's the thing. So is Donald. Yeah. He's still a project. What the hell has he ever proved? I mean, here's the thing. With with. Lance, you give him an incomplete grade because he's been hurt and he hasn't played. Right. With Donald, you give him an F. Yeah, He gets an F. Yeah, Right? No one yeah. wanted him. The, no the, one. the Niners took him out of the
0: graveyard. So um, he gives him a better chance to win in what sense? Yeah. That's what I don't understand. Like people act like, well, Donald's more experienced than Trey Lance, so that means that he gives the Niners a better chance to win. Sam Darnold's experience is getting his butt kicked. Forever, (laughs) Sam Darnold's experience is getting a starting job, losing it, having a team lose confidence in him, having him lose confidence in himself. Sam Darnold's experience is seeing ghosts in the field. Like it's all bad experience that he has to unlearn, unexperience. I don't know how you do that. Meanwhile, everyone on the team on the Niners publicly is saying Trey looks a lot better this year. You can really tell that he's improved. So why would you backtrack off that and just go with some guy who has sucked, does suck, always is going to suck? Sorry. He has suckage. He has suckage, as Kruko might
1: say. <laughs> he, he does say wonderful things like that. Um, yeah. Again, we're dealing with a head coach who who really, in terms of head coaches, has a limited understanding of the quarterback position. Okay? Yeah. Yep. Maybe maybe Darnold um, has better mechanics. Maybe in, in uh, OTAs he's a little more accurate, although I, I'm not there. I don't know. But the other guy has the potential, possibly, to be special. And I don't believe Donald has the potential to be special. So I don't understand where this is coming from. Because let me tell you this. I feel, and our friend Bo, who writes to us, mm-hmm. suggested that if Purdy isn't ready, and if it's Lance who starts, he might do so well, he might take the job. Right. I mean, don't you see that as a possible scenario?
0: Absolutely. If you put Trey Lance on the field with Christian McCaffrey and all these players and the, and the team is clicking and you actually keep the quarterback healthy, how could how could he not play well? I think any quarterback would play well. Almost any quarterback would play well. And in that situation,
1: I think he'd play better than Sam
0: Darnold. I think he would too. He He has more to offer. He has much more to offer and he doesn't have all those years of failure. That he has yeah. to that he has to wash off. Like I think the issue is Darnold is a lack of self belief and confidence. And I don't know that you can necessarily change that with someone immediately. I don't know if also, Kyle can.
1: Also, with all of his mechanical good stuff, he makes stupid plays. He turns right. the ball over. All the time. All the time. So that's a bad thing.
0: That's like you a know short- what, that makes him? what? Oh, go ahead. A loser. Yeah, it's like a yeah, shortstop like, who can't make the throw to first. Yeah. yeah. Right? It's like, hey, you got nice footwork and a cannon, but we can't play the shortstop. You're a first baseman now. Or a DH. Right. Yeah. 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 So, I, I, I look, I, this isn't an opinion from, from Albert Breer. This is what he's hearing clearly. It's right. what Adam Schefter said last week that, frankly, Sam Darnold gives the Niners a better chance to win than Trey Lance, and that's how far out of favor he's fallen. I don't know. I was at minicamp. Uh, I didn't see that. Now, you could say it was close, and the fact that Trey hasn't separated himself from Darnold isn't a good sign for Trey, but it's just practice. And we've seen Sam in real games. It's never looked good. We haven't really seen Trey in real games very much. Might want to see that, but it's just interesting how nervous the Niners are. And also, in in OTAs and
1: minicamp, Darnold didn't bury Trey Lance. No. No. He looked okay. Lance looked okay as well. So you know what? It's like they have a dream and and they're um, reconstituting uh, reality into yes. their dream.
0: Yeah, and they're trying to make it seem like, you know, Kyle coveted Trey Lance, but he also coveted Sam Darnold. And really, they're on equal footing because they both are former number three picks who haven't really proven much in, in the NFL. Like, wait a second, wait a second. Kyle may have liked Sam Darnold, but he never traded three first-round picks for him. I mean, the level of, of uh coveting seems like a little different and now all of a sudden kyle's trying to rewrite history there and be like no i like i always like sam i always like sam we, we got him on the first day of free agency i needed to have him like okay but yeah. you didn't mortgage the future for sam Darnold. so no he didn't no he didn't he's gas
1: isn't that what they call gaslighting gaslighting gaslighting
0: gaslighting, gaslighting. you do that a lot out here okay there was more from albert breer this was interesting. He said that last year, the reason the 49ers were so gung-ho with Trey Lance, starting him, no quarterback competition, Jimmy, go away, Brock, your third string, was because they were essentially counting on losing, willing to lose and go through the growing pains of his development, but that this year they're not willing to do that because they fully understand that they're in win-now mode as opposed to last year where they didn't understand what kind of mode they were in. Although, again, this is not his opinion, so what he's hearing they're coming off an NFC Championship last year. They're coming off an NFC Championship this year. Seems like they're in the same position, but now they feel like their position is more solidified. What do you think of that? It sounds ridiculous.
1: You mean last year with all those players, they they were not in win-now mode? Then why did they get McCaffrey? Right. Why'd they get McCaffrey if they weren't right. in win-now mode? Uh-huh. They, was just, they got him because it would make Jed feel
0: good? Right. Right. <laughs> And why did they run Trey Lance so much if they were trying to throw, like, uh, develop him and throw away games? Like, If you wanted to win with Trey Lance on the field, maybe you might run him a lot. You're yeah. not developing him that way.
1: No, I don't know who told Albert Breer that, but th- that sounds a, a little wackorama to me. It sounds extremely whack-a-rama. I Listen, Iggy, for the last several years, the Niners have been in win-now mode. Yeah. And the one thing they haven't done is win now.
0: Right. And people keep saying, it's okay. It's okay. You know, football's a fluky sport. And it's not it's not seven-game series. You know, sometimes it, uh, a turnover or an injury. Um, but really, the consistency that the Niners have been able to have last week. Uh, it, it's almost like winning a Super Bowl. They're going to win one eventually. So why are we criticizing him? When the way I look at it is, you know, these windows don't last forever. A lot of your best players are in their 30s and you just had a four-year window that you didn't go through you didn't capitalize on to use a bunch of terrible cliches and maybe if you hadn't traded for trey lance and you'd use those picks on players at any freaking position that actually were on the field you might have won the super bowl last year the year before that both times so to me it feels like a really missed opportunity.
1: You know, you had a very interesting uh, conversation yesterday with Ryan, mm-hmm. and you named um, some like coaches 15. who could actually win a Super Bowl with the Niners. The one guy in uh, Philly is uh, Scangarello. Is that his name? Mm, Sirianni. Syria, I'm sorry. My wife Sirianni. was Italian, but, uh, but I'm not so good with uh, it. I apologize. Not so good. I'm not so good. Siriani. I think he could do better with the Niners than Kyle. Now, Ryan had a very interesting comeback. Could he have done it with Jimmy? My feeling is a guy like Siriano, Siriani wouldn't have had Jimmy. He would have Sirianni, had a real
0: quarterback. Siriani could do with Trey.
1: Yeah. yeah. He could deal with Trey or he, he would have had a better quarterback than Jimmy. Right. So, I, I mean, I think there are any number of, uh, coaches currently in the league who could have handled, who could have taken advantage of the opportunity and handled the quarterback better. And what I think we're seeing with the Niners, and look, I know you people watching are fans and I apologize because I, I, I'm being negative right now and, and critical. I'm not being negative. I'm being critical. And it's a difference. What we're seeing is the 49ers flailing at the most important position, flailing and giving out off-the-record tips to try to show they're on top of the situation but only
0: show them flailing more. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. They, they keep trying to act like they have a plan, and <laughs> yeah. it makes sense. Last year, the plan was to lose, and it made sense we were going to lose because that was <laughs> smart. But this year, you know, what we, we had a meeting, <laughs> huddled up, and you said, you know what, we're not going to lose this year. Who's with me? And people, we all raised our hand. We voted on not losing. And sorry, Trey, we just that's how we feel this year. And <laughs> that's smart. Yeah. What's funny is if Sam Donald sucks in training camp and Brock Purdy isn't quite ready and the Niners have to uh, unsay all this stuff and actually ride with Trey Lance for a while. How's that going to go? All right, we want to lose now. Trey, get out there. <laughs> We've decided we're, we're, we changed our mind. We want to lose. Go, let's go. I've never heard of a team planning to lose.
1: Now there are certain teams that do lose and want to get draft picks and stuff, but before the season starts, you pl- is that why Kyle got off to such a bad start because he was planning to lose?
0: I think that might be it. It's not that they start slow; it's that he wanted to start slow. <laughs> Everything that Kyle happens that happens to Kyle, he planned out. That's the best he part planned. about Kyle.
1: Yeah, that theory is what my mother would call mishigas, and in, in mishigas. Yiddish it means
0: Michigan's craziness. It's it's the craziness theory. Yeah, I mean, the real, the truth here is that the Niners were never willing to be patient enough to get Trey Lance on the field, ever. They've always seen themselves in win-now mode. I have no idea why they traded for him in the first place. I don't get it. They were in win-now mode. He's the least experienced first-round quarterback ever. It never made sense. Once they got him, I thought, wow, that's a very confident move from a confident coach. He must have a plan. He didn't. He freaking no, did it. No, he didn't. So it's, you know, definitely one of the worst trades ever, but it's not finished yet because he's still on the team. How much longer do you think he's going to be here in purgatory?
1: I have no idea. I have no idea because so many things can happen. He could start the season and do well, or get this. Darnold could start. (laughs) He could, as uh, I'm not going to say the, he could not do well. Mm -hmm. And Lance Mm -hmm. could come in and possibly do very well. So, Iggy, I, I am as confused
0: about the quarterbacks as Kyle Shanahan is. Yeah, what's funny is we spend this entire offseason, you know, pontificating and moralizing about who should play. You know, who, who why it's who should play, why it's wrong to have someone up, And they're all going to play. They're all going to play. This is the 49ers. Yeah. We're talking about Kyle Shanahan, head coach Kyle Shanahan. They're all going to play. They'll get their chances. Sorry. That's kind of a morbid thing to say, but it's like historically accurate.
1: And I want to say one other thing when we're critical of, of the quarterback situation, I'm not particularly critical of Trey Lance. I'm critical of Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch for getting him and for paying that price. I, yeah. I'm not critical of him. He's doing no. the best he can. He no. didn't make them take him number three. He didn't put a gun to their head. That's true. He's a, he's a guy trying to be a good player, and
0: they're inhibiting him. Correct. And it's like what they did to, to flip it was they, they made it his fault. Like, look, yeah. we gave him the best team, the best coaching staff. We gave him a year on the bench. You know, he, he just couldn't do it. Brock did it, but he couldn't do it. Like, no, you gave up a bunch of draft capital for this guy. You didn't have – you You knew he was a project. You were impatient. You didn't have anyone who could coach him. You threw up your hands, and you're blaming him for yeah. getting hurt. He didn't yeah. even fail. He just got hurt because you used him like a running back. And they're like, no, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. That's not what happened. That's not
1: – it is what happened. No, and knowing what we know, that they didn't have a plan, they probably should not have drafted him. And they cert- – Icky, should we go to our next topic or we're
0: flirting, we're flirting l- with let's, it? L- flirting? Let's do it right now. Uh, okay. So the last thing that Albert Breer said was that, and this is the kicker. A lot of people say, well, how can, I mean, I understand the Niners may have a feeling they might be down on him, but don't you got to give him a chance? He's had a hundred throws in the league. He's got, he started four games. Breer said it. And Adam Schefter said it last week. The Niners feel they've given him plenty of chances, plenty of chances. And apparently to them, practice means a ton. And I only see the training camp and some of the OTAs and minicamp, but all the stuff during the season, I don't see. And apparently, they just not impressed. Uh, do you think that qualifies as giving him chances, lots of them?
1: Okay, I'll say this. If he's really not progressed, and I'm in no position, Iggy, because I'm not down there, but if he's really the same quarterback season after season, I think that's a valid criticism. I mean, I assume they know something. They know something about how to throw a pass, you know, uh, how to work within Kyle's system. And if he's not doing it and doesn't show the ability to do it, then I think it's fair for them to believe that he's not the answer. Mm -hmm. My issue is I don't have um, I don't have confidence in their judgment. But if they believe it, I think it's fair to to move on or to uh, experiment
0: with other people. Absolutely, yeah. Which I think, if from Trey Lance's perspective, okay, you've written me off. You don't want to give me a chance. You think uh, practice is the end-all, be-all. Can I leave, please? Can I leave? It's getting late. I'd like to go learn another team's playbook and get on the field and compete somewhere else where they haven't completely written me off already. I mean, damn. Why am I here? Trade me for someone you're interested in. You like Sam Darnold? Use him. You don't need me.
1: So I got a question. Yeah. And this is interesting, and I don't know the answer. Then why haven't they traded him?
0: Well, let's go back to the beginning of our show. We're talking about the Niners, how confident they are that Brock Purdy's coming back. He's coming back. He's ahead of schedule. He's not back yet, though. Right? There's another two months for something to happen, and then stuff after that. So maybe the Niners, while they're projecting confidence, which is always a good move, maybe they're not so confident. Maybe they're like, we don't really know. We got to go one day at a time.
1: That's what I feel. And also, it's possible the league no longer believes in the kid. And there's all it could get for him would be like a kicker or something like that.
0: Yeah, how many coaches in the NFL are going to bet against Kyle Shanahan here? A lot of them work for Kyle. Kyle's wrong. Kyle's know what he's doing. Maybe Andy Reid would do that. But not a lot of guys would be that confident. And so right now, Kyle's wondering why. The Niners are wondering why they can't trade Trey Lance. He has no trade value. You told the whole world he sucks, essentially. Right. Right? Yeah, You've been telling everyone he sucks in practice, essentially to cover your own butts uh, for not playing him and and not developing him. Okay, it's his fault. He really sucks. That's our reasoning. But no one's going to trade for him now. They believe you.
1: Iggy, you know what gets me about the Niners? What? Since they won a Super Bowl. And I would have to say this is – As much as I like Jim Harbaugh, and I really, really like Jim Harbaugh Mm -hmm. and Kyle, after they got beat in the Super Bowl and then other years when they didn't make it, they acted like they won the Super Bowl.
0: You would think the team now is coming off a Super Bowl win. You really would. You really (laughs) would. The way they act, they acted like they've literally won three of the last four Super Bowls. And the fact that they didn't is just a mere quirk of a weird sport that doesn't have seven game series. Seriously. <laughs> and they want to be like talked about that way. Like, give me respect. I'm freaking Kyle. I'm freaking George Kittle. i was champion. Like, no, you're not. No. Stephen Curry's a champion. Clay Thompson's a champion. Buster Posey's a champion. You're Dr- Brent Jones is a champion. You're not. Right. Maybe one day.
1: Yeah. Maybe one day.
0: Yeah. You're in the like Frank Gore, Vernon Davis, Michael Crabtree, Patrick Willis pantheon of great 49ers who never won anything. Right. And what's crazy is that that team, that 2012 team that went to the Super Bowl and lost was at Levi's Stadium. I think it was week seven when the Niners lost to Kansas City. They were on the field at halftime, I believe, and there was no standing ovation for them. It was like a 10-second kind of mild applause of people that had a little bit of a nostalgia moment. And then that was it. Because you know what? They never won a Super Bowl. That's right. Doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, I yeah. remember the 2012 team. Oh, I love them.
1: Okay, it's over. But this team right now, th- and this organization, acts like
0: they're the Super Bowl champions. Not just that, they act like they're the um, blueprint for the rest of the league. The way they put their right. team together is how the rest of the team should, how the rest of the league should put their. team. They're the model franchise in the league without any hardware to back it up. They literally called Eddie DeBartolo's Niners a, a lemonade stand. I mean, that's how out of touch they are. Sorry, was that kidding. who called it that? Parag, Parag.
1: yeah, you know Parag sometimes he doesn't have diplomacy because you know Mm -hmm. as lemonade
0: stands goes that was a pretty good one i I would drink it it, imagine (laughs) inheriting the 49ers and looking at them that way you should have some respect it's like inheriting the yankees or the lakers and you look at them as a rinky dink organization that you need to bring into the modern times wow wow But we were talking about Lance and all the chances he's gotten. I really feel like one. if if you feel that he's, I'll put it this way. You're judging quarterbacks based on practice. If you were really good at that, Brock Purdy would have played sooner. I agree. I think, I submit it's really hard to judge quarterbacks based on practice because there is no risk of getting touched in practice as a quarterback. Touched. And I think it's a lot different playing the position when you know you could get smacked and have a career-ending injury Versus when you're wearing that black jersey and no one can touch you. I think yeah. a lot of quarterbacks can light it up in practice who aren't necessarily gamers. And I'd like to see what Trey Lance can do if the Niners could keep him healthy for like a month straight. I'd like to see it. And
1: I'd like to see what Sam Darnold could do when people could come after him seriously. Yeah.
0: Well, the thing yeah. is, we've seen that a lot. We've seen it so many times. A lot of times. we. And what's crazy about Darnold, he failed in Carolina. He failed on the Jets. He was turning the ball over at USC. He had one great year at USC. He came back the next year. Was supposed to be the number one pick. Turned the ball over like twenty something times, and he still went number three. But this has been an issue for Sam Darnold since he was like twenty. That's enough. Okay. Double B Studios says, Lowell, my good sir, looking sharp, Sub Grant. I'm not looking sharp. Thank you.
1: Uh, I'm you well. Sharp. I'm a little dressed up today because I'm having lunch in the city with some friends, and I didn't. I wanted to look grown up.
0: Yeah." You look pretty grown up, Francisco Escamilla says. I truly think Niners will have to face Seahawks in divisional round again. How do you think that would go? Blessings. Well, I'm picking the Seahawks to win the division this year, so I don't know.
1: I'm picking. I would pick the Niners. I don't like their quarterback. I'm picking the Niners.
0: Sure. I guess the question would be, who's the Niners' quarterback when they play this game? <laughs> is it Josh Johnson? I don't know. Double B Studios says any new quarterback learning Kyle's playbook is a project. Sure. Double B Studio says, TL or Sam, would they get Purdy playbook? I think it's the Purdy playbook now. That's what I saw in, in OTAs. Matthew Sanders has added up. Brock gets coached down, plus lingering injury, plus defenses start figuring him, him out. Kyle is setting Brock Purdy up for failure. This could blow up on him. I can see that. Brock's saying, you know, don't scramble as much. Uh, coming off an injury and the tendencies. So, could be, could be a yeah. down, not a down here, but.
1: And he's also saying we won't protect you on the right side. So uh, God love you.
0: Roll left. Roll left. (laughs) Roll left. (laughs) Double B Studio says Lowell was established journalist. Mike uh, Mike Shanahan established coach. Kyle has big shoes to fill. Grant does too. I can see Grant's great qualities from Pops. I can't see Mike's qualities in Kyle. What happened? I see a lot of Kyle and Mike and vice versa. I don't know.
1: I'll tell you one thing. I am so proud of Grant, and I think he's way past me. He's way <laughs> past
0: me. Thanks, Dad. Uh, 29er says, if Brock Purdy starts, think arm fatigue might become an issue. I don't know. Perhaps. He's not had, Ta-
1: he's- had that before.
0: No. Ink Talk TV says, Kyle will get fired behind this Purdy project. <laughs> does seem like he's put up, well, Darnold, Darnold could save his career. Uh Maxime Laflame <laughs> says the relative success of the last few years has obscured the fact that they have no plan and just go along. All these leaks feel unserious. I would agree with every word of that. Yeah, I would have to agree. No plan. No plan. Yeah. I think they the trade for Go.
1: I was gonna say they they okay. their plan has a name. It's called the No
0: Plan Plan. The No Plan. The No Plan Plan. They have the illusion of a plan. And I think right. that's why the Trey Lance trade was So critical. It bought them time. It bought them time. Everyone said, oh, they have a plan. Okay, all right. So they're they're messing around with Jimmy Garoppolo for like the fifth year in a row. But they have a plan. Let's be patient. They didn't have a plan. They weren't patient. But it bought them like two years. Yeah. Amazing. That's clever. Josh Wyatt says, "I, I said the first time we talked that the Niners were taking a gap year last year. They started slow because they were planning to lose. They only improved the team with CMC after Trey went down. You think they wouldn't have traded for Trey if if uh, wouldn't have traded for uh, McCaffrey if Trey was a quarterback? They're like, no, 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 no. We want to lose. We want to lose.
1: Sorry. And that, you know, by the way, I was skeptical of that trade, Iggy. What a wonderful trade! I got to wow. give like my credit. The trade
0: of the freaking millennium, oh, right?
1: What a trade! What what a um, honor to uh, it should be to coach a guy like that, and certainly yeah. to watch him play. I mean, my God, I got
0: to say. That's, that's what Bobby Turner said, too. Like, it's an honor to coach this guy. And he's coached. Did he say oh, that? I don't know if he said that exact word, but that's, I mean, he said, he. you know, I like coaching him because he wants to be the best and he can be the best. I think that's, yeah. you know, it's that's the, the kind of guy you want to coach, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah.
0: It's yeah. an honor. Now the coach. Niners just have to keep him healthy. I looked at it. The Niners have, uh, their starting running back has been injured by week three, five years in a row. Five years in a row. So there's McKinnon who got injured in training camp two years in a row. Then it was Mostert, who got injured week two in 2020, and then week one in 2021, and then it was Mitchell who got hurt week one last year. So, Kyle, please, rotate your running backs. Do something. Rotate your running really backs. is really important. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, okay, let's get to Andre, who says, why did you get so sensitive when they called you out for past tweets about Brock? I didn't. He just took 10 minutes to do it. And he's trying to say, I wrote off Brock, which I didn't. I like Brock. Okay, let's talk about last thing with Trey. The funny thing about how the Niners are... Framing this whole unprecedented situation with Trey Lance, like the first top 10 quarterback pick ever who didn't get 20 something starts, DeMarcus Russell got 20 something starts, is that look, it doesn't matter how much the Niners gave up for him. It doesn't matter where they took him in the draft. They were just on the pursuit of a franchise quarterback and they found one in the weirdest, in the darndest place. They found one where they weren't looking. It's Brock Purdy. And so, you know, pretend you gave up all this draft capital on him, forget Trey Lance, focus on the future. Do you think that's a fair position?
1: Um, Let me uh, rephrase it for me, how I understand it. We're into what year with um, Trey Lance? Three. This is th- third three. year. Yeah. They, they gave up three. They moved up and gave up three first for him. The way I'm asking it is, is that still an issue? Is it still an issue on June 27th, 2023 that they gave up All of that for this kid who may even be the third-string quarterback now? Or is it so far in the rearview mirror that it doesn't count anymore? What
0: do you think, Iggy? I think it counts. Why? I think it's always going to count. Even in retrospect, uh, in hindsight, you could always say, well, I've said it earlier, would they have won a Super Bowl if they hadn't made this trade? It's a fair question. I mean, you just burned three first-round picks on fire, threw them away. Yeah. I mean, those are really valuable. You were this close to winning a Super Bowl the last two years or getting to a Super Bowl. Couldn't, w- what if you'd had one more great player? First round picks. What if you gotten that right? Would you won? even with Jimmy?
1: If if you could, uh, if you used them on
0: the right side of the offensive line, it might've made a big difference. Yeah, it seems like with this defense and these weapons that you th- that this team theoretically could win a Super Bowl with a non-elite quarterback, the way certain teams have, if you could just protect them but they don't, they don't. And they ask these quarterbacks to protect themselves. And only really special quarterbacks can do that. So despite having the best defense and the best weapons, they have a quarterback issue.
1: So what you're saying is, although this thing with um, Trey Lance happened three years ago, in a way it's, and it's not a knock on Trey Lance. He didn't tell him where to draft him. Right. It's, it's still a knock on the, it's still current
0: news. It's
1: still an issue for the 49ers.
0: Yeah, and it's it's also an issue because it'd be one thing if they traded three firsts for him, played him 25 games like the Raiders did with Jamarcus, and were like, man, this guy sucks. I don't know what to do. Like, that'd be one thing. Say, look, you, you, you just got it wrong. But to trade up, never play him, and then bury him uh, without really getting a good look at him, that's unprofessional. It's just unprofessional. And you're doing it because you think you have a franchise quarterback in Brock Purdy. He's not Justin Herbert. He's not Joe Burrow. I mean, he's obviously much more limited than them, and he's coming off a serious surgery, and now you've shut down the search for another quarterback or the development of another quarterback because you got Brock? I'm sorry. It's not... I'm not convinced that Brock Purdy is a franchise quarterback and you can just say, look, we're okay throwing away three first-round picks. We got our guy.
1: Yeah, so the um, Trey Lance issue is very much an issue. And it's yeah. not him as a player particularly. It was the judgment of the organization. And now they're trying to sort of bury the issue, bury it. Oh, we got our guy. We're moving ahead. But, in fact, I think this administration, as long as it lasts, it, an asterisk was going to be, look what they did getting uh, Trey Lance. Look what they did. And look what they gave up. And look right. what they may have had a Super Bowl if they didn't do it.
0: Right. And that's what—that's the distinction. Um, a lot of teams have gotten it wrong at quarterback. Like every team gets it wrong at quarterback. Every—it's—it's uh, a, it's a tough one. But to trade up that much, mortgage that much of your future, never give the guy a real look—teams don't do that. That's—that's a, that's a first. That is so unprofessional. And that, like, you can't say the Niners are a bad organization because they got a quarterback wrong. A lot of teams do that. But you can say, man, what kind of organization does this? Yeah. You guys do a lot right, but what kind of organization does this? I'm sorry, no organization. And it,
1: and it also makes you think: if they screwed the whole thing up with Trey Lance, what's to say? Who's to say they're going to get it right with Brock Purdy? Exactly. Where 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 is the the track record of getting of working this stuff out? Yeah. Last year, Jimmy had to save their ass, and That's and right. they didn't even want
0: Jimmy. Correct. The, Jimmy was the bridge. No one talks about the Jimmy uh, portion of last season, but that was crucial. Yeah. Yeah, He's not here they anymore. were
1: they were in the situation of would somebody please save our ass because we don't know yeah. what to do, right?
0: And it was Jimmy. I mean, that really happened. That's red. That really did happen. Yes, and that's the Niners' plan at quarterback. Hey, would someone please save our ass for a month or two, <laughs> and then save it again after the, what the guy gets hurt, right? Right. And then they say that you know the guy just needs to work on getting staying healthy. Thanks. Anyway. I don't think they can ever run from this investment. No, was, I don't think it, so it, either. It was a bad trade to begin with. You don't trade this much for a college player. You don't trade three years' worth of first-round picks for a college player, for not the first round, for not the first pick in the draft, for a guy with 300 throws in college uh, on a team that needs to win right away. It was it never made any sense. And the fact that they didn't give him a chance just shows him what a stupid idea it was to begin with.
1: I, I think that's a very good summary.
0: And I don't think the Niners get credit. People say, well, they found Brock Purdy, so no harm, no foul. No, 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 no. We don't know what they found in Brock Purdy. We don't know if they would have won a Super Bowl last couple of years if they had some other players besides Trey Lance. They really royally screwed this. Royally. Yeah. yeah. Royally.
1: And I'm not sure they found Brock Purdy. They sort of stumbled over him. He was lying dead in the parking lot, and they stumbled over him, and they said, could you come back to life? We need you. That yeah. was about how, how uh, astute they were pretty much i got another topic okay i got till noon today so i got another cool let's do it all right the athletic uh they had an article a few weeks ago about um shanahan and his coaching tree and how great those guys are yeah yeah okay let me ask you a question who was
0: in that coaching tree okay so we got kyle shanahan sean mcveigh um Matt LaFleur, Zach Taylor, uh, No, no. Ryan. No, no. They weren't in the article.
1: It was four guys in the photo. Okay, okay, okay. So it was LaFleur,
0: McDaniel, McDaniel, Kyle, McVay.
1: Okay. Um, That
0: was the four.
1: And it showed... Why this came out now, I I, I don't know. But first of all, I'd like to say, among the four of them, between the four of them, that's one Super Bowl win. Mm -hmm. That's it. I mean... Mm -hmm. The Athletic, I don't know much about him. I have some friends who write there, and I'm, I'm glad they have jobs. I don't read The Athletic. But um, how do you praise four guys who are head coaches and they have only one Super Bowl? But then here's another thing. Among those four guys, Iggy, how many have developed a quarterback? None?
0: None? None? None.
1: Could we could, – could like – Kyle, we've already done – he doesn't know his ass from his elbow about developing, so he's out. Um, when it comes to McVay, he got Stafford. Yeah. He didn't develop Stafford. He got yeah. a present. He
0: yeah. got a present, gift wrapped. He yeah, didn't he develop. went to the Super Bowl with with Jared Goff, but if, eventually he got rid of Goff, and now Goff's playing better now than he was before. <laughs> w- yeah. away from him, away right, from which him. could happen to Jimmy Garoppolo too. We'll see. we we'll see what happens there, or or Trey Lance, or and. Trey Lance. and
1: uh, okay, yeah. and, and who else? Lafleur, he didn't develop Jack, and what's more, he couldn't. Now he couldn't no. get along with Aaron Rodgers. Now Aaron Rodgers is tough, but Aaron Rodgers has contempt for Lafleur's offense. Correct. We know that he had absolute yes. contempt. That's right. And the the, the other one, McDaniel, I'm going to give him half a credit. Yeah. Um, Tua, I don't like at all, but he mm-hmm. made Tua serviceable. He actually progressed his game. To whatever. Mm -hmm. So I'm giving – among the four, I'm giving him credit for a half.
0: Why did the Athletic do that article? What were they thinking of? See, this is what I think. What is it about this coaching tree that gets people so excited without hardware to back it up? I think what they say is look at what these guys can do without a great quarterback, right? (laughs) You just said it. You just said it with McDaniel. Look what he could do with Tua. He made Tua better. Tua's not that great. Look what Kyle can do with Purdy. No one else could do that with Purdy. So it's always like you know they're afflicted. They have this affliction of of bad quarterbacks that is like forced upon them, and they're able to wiggle out of it better than other coaches. But the other way to look at it is how come they always have subpar quarterbacks? All of them. And the one guy who finally figured out, man, I can't develop them. I can't scout them. Let me just trade for a guy who's been in the league a long time in his 30s. That's the only guy who won a Super Bowl out of this. Every other guy is stuck in that game of, ooh, I can make this guy better. He kind of sucks, but on my team he could be good. And and Kyle's doing it again with Sam Darnold. He kind of sucks, but he could be cheap, and I can make him good. No, no, no. Just get Stafford, man. He's good. He's expensive. Get him. But no, that's not what this group does, and they get praised for not doing it.
1: Yeah, the Athletic praised them. For actually, I look at it's four losers. Uh, well, the one guy won a Super Bowl, but and then next year he went in the tank. It's four losers who won one Super Bowl and developed half a quarterback, and they wrote an article about him? Yeah. I, I don't get it.
0: I don't get it, Iggy. I also think there's something to it. I, maybe this is a, psych, a psychological thing, but when people like telling you why someone's a genius, even though they may not be, this person here is a genius, and I'll explain why, aren't they really telling you that they're a genius? They're really. Yeah. Te- I'm a genius by proxy because I understand his genius and you don't. That's what they're saying, right? And I think yeah. this coaching tree, like those kind of football fans that want to feel superior, the snobby football fans that think they're smarter than everyone else, they love the Shanahan McVay group because that's kind of what they represent, you know? The average football fan does it just doesn't appreciate them because the average football fan looks at stupid stuff like Super Bowl rings that anyone could see, but someone who watches the tape, you know, someone who sees yeah. the advanced stats understands that these are really the best coaches and they're being held back by their players and it's a tragedy. Like, no, that's not what's happening. Andy Reid is a real coach because he makes it about his players. These guys make it about themselves. And their system. And their system.
1: All four of them use that system and the system one
0: wins jack. Yeah, and it's their excuse for not being able to find a transcendent quarterback because they're just looking yeah. for a guy who can fit. They just need a guy who can fit their system. Great. Good luck. Okay, I got a
1: question. Of those four, and I have a strong opinion, who is the worst coach, head coach, of those four? And I, I, I think I know.
0: Mm, it's interesting. My first instinct is Lafleur. Me too. I well, let I me say one thing. Should. Okay, let me say one thing about Lafleur. He coexisted with Aaron Rodgers somehow for like a few years. You think Kyle could have? No, he couldn't no. have him. No, and he couldn't no. have Brady. That's what I'm saying. That's why I feel like Kyle needs to be ranked way lower. Just talk about the quarterback. Could he work could he even work with Aaron Rodgers? No. Well, at least no. LaFleur did. Now LaFleur didn't win anything with Rodgers, but I don't even know that Kyle could work with him.
1: I don't and I don't think he could work with Brady. The first time he called the play, Brady didn't like. Brady would say, "I'm not going to run it. I'm going to do right. this." And then
0: they'd have an argument, whose offense is it? Right. So the only high-priced quarterback Kyle can really work with is Kirk Cousins. Like, "Come on, man." That's a problem. Kyle Mr. Yeah. Kyle, what if he's the, co- the uh, quarterback here next year, Kirk Cousins? There's a report, Mike Florio said that word around the league is that the Rams and the Niners are going to be in a tug-of-war for Kirk Cousins next year,
1: next year. Who said that, Mike Florio? Mike
0: Florio. He's always he, wrong, though. What's his
1: batting average? Oh, God.
0: He's so far into the Mendoza line, it's hard to say. Yeah, forget 0-53. him. Oh, 53 Forget,
1: forget him. him. Okay, could I do one more topic? One more topic, yeah. Because I, I got a— uh, You got uh, topics. You know, I got 14 minutes. So over the weekend, I watched Reservoir Dogs. Oh, okay. Okay. So I have something to say. First Sorry. of all, I love it. I loved yeah. it. I, I yep. loved it. Um, yep. The Mr. Blue, Mr. Pink. I love all of that stuff. Iconic. It's great. I have to say, I think Pulp Fiction is a better movie. Wow. Why? M- may I tell you why? Please. I agree with you. Pulp Fiction is too long. Yeah, and they could have cut out the the butt scene, and also the thing with the uh, uh, walking and the watch the wa- and swallow all of that. It, it was juvenile, juvenile. juvenile. It, so, it doesn't match the tone of the movie.
0: Yep,
1: absolutely not. It's juvenile, yeah. and and right. Tarantino is a juvenile in many ways. He gets more juvenile with every movie. Sorry, absolutely, absolutely. Yes. But I'll tell you why I think it's say slightly better than Reservoir Dogs. Reservoir Dogs happens in one room. It's like a play. It's like mm-hmm. a filmed play. Yeah. Um, I I think there's it more does, cinema. Yeah. There's more That's cinema in true. um, in point. Pulp Fiction. Also, I don't think in Reservoir Dogs, as great as it is, there's a performance as good as Samuel L. Jackson in uh, Pulp Fiction.
0: Well, yeah, Samuel L. Jackson in Pulp Fiction is just. Whew. iconic absolutely you're right yeah. you're right you're right I, I, you're right, Iggy, I, you're right. I, I ju- you're and right. also i would have to agree I with say, both of those yeah i'm
1: gonna tell you something else travolta is really good in that movie yeah. and the dance scene uh yeah. say la vie say the old folks yeah uh, with him and uma thurman that's an iconic scene in movies yeah i i I, I, what i'm saying yeah, is you're right you're right you're right I, I, pulp fiction right. has these moments that you yeah. can never
0: ever get out of your mind reservoir dogs does too the opening scene yeah. where they're at the where they're at the the cafe those two conversations oh, cuz yeah. i mean those kind of set this st- those are the kind of conversations they're constantly having in pulp fiction you know what i mean yes the irreverent conversation with uh, criminals that has nothing to do with what they're about to do and why and are they they're talking almost, about to and they're almost and they're almost intellectual they're intellectual yeah absolutely okay let's go yeah. kill people yeah, yeah, right. Um, wh- one, one thing you got to remember though is that when Reservoir Dogs came out, like I think the budget for that movie was like a million dollars. So he couldn't, he wasn't accomplished enough to get Samuel Jackson and and John Travolta and Bruce Willis. Like Reservoir Dogs was such a success, and then True Romance was such a, was such a success that he could have a big budget movie. And if you think right. about it, Pulp Fiction is kind of like a big budget version of Reservoir Dogs.
1: They're very similar. I agree. I agree. Yeah.
0: yeah. You anyway. know what?
1: He- Iggy, he had hardly any money for the movie. I think he had yeah. 30000 for Reservoir Dogs. Somehow, Harvey Keitel got to read the, the script. He got the financing and became a no. co-producer. So That's a Ke- great
0: story. That's yeah, a
1: great he, story. Keitel said, I like this. I right. want to be in it, and I want to co-produce it. I'll get you the money. Now, he didn't get him a lot of money,
0: but he got the money to make the movie. Enough. And I, what I like about that is, by the time he made Pulp Fiction, he was like an artist. You know, yes. everyone understood this guy's genius. So you can't edit him. He could do whatever he wants. And that was cool. Right. But at the same time, I like work by an artist earlier in their career when they haven't achieved that level yet. And they're still yes. proving themselves.
1: And understand, I love Reservoir Dogs. I'm not putting it I love it Pulp down. Fiction. I love yeah. Jackie Brown. So, Those three are great. Oh, Jackie Brown. Oh, what a movie. You can make the argument the, you
0: know, that Jackie Brown's better than both of them.
1: Yeah. Iggy, yeah. there isn't a
0: wrong moment in Jackie Brown. Everything about that movie is perfect. I agree. And one of, the, yeah, as opposed to Pulp Fiction, and one of the things that's so great about those first three Tarantino movies is soundtracks. And you yes. could argue that the Jackie Brown soundtrack's the best with the duet <laughs> and the Delphi because it has a whole theme. Reservoir Dogs has a theme too with the super sounds of the seventies. Pulp Fiction has great songs too, but it jumps around. Yes. What is the yeah. theme of the Super Sounds of the 70s? It's just like whatever it's just a radio station that's having like a a, a weekend special of just like throwback yeah. 70s songs. I love and it. And I forget the guy's name who has that deadpan voice you're tuned in to Super Sounds of the 70s. <laughs> right. And he like he plays it cranks it up when he's uh, cutting the guy's ear off. I mean it's that's a pretty iconic <sighs> scene. It's tough to watch but that scene where he's dancing to clowns on oh. the left and me jokers on the right and he cuts his ear. I mean come on. Is that the that's best torture scene. scene in the history? Yeah. That's the best torture scene <laughs> yeah. ever. Uh, that's Ma- Mike, Mike Marsden? Uh, Mike Madsen. Yeah. Madsen. Iggy is. So that he's movie. great in that movie. He's, he's great, great in, he's in that movie. He's a great psycho in that movie. He's a great he's psycho in that movie. Absolutely. And the dancing before he's going to, because he's, he's going to love it, right? He's, he's going to love it. it. He's <laughs> savoring it. He wants to savor yeah. it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that is- Steve Bescemi's great in that movie. Steve Bescemi's great is. in that movie. Tim Roth is better in that movie than he's in than he is in Pulp Fiction. He has a bigger role. I agree. I I Harvey agree. is just freaking he's better in that movie than he is in Pulp Fiction, bigger role. Mr. Wolf. Love yeah. Both of those movies. And and uh Quentin Tarantino's in both of them. He's in the
1: first scene. And I yeah. want to tell you, Iggy, in the first scene when they go around, there's Mr. Blue. You hardly see Mr. Blue in the movie. In real life, Mr. Blue was a writer named Edward Bunker. He wrote one of the greatest crime novels ever. Um, I forgot the name of it. I, in fact, I just got it. I, I, I read it online. I liked it so much, I, I got it uh, as a book. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. In real life, Edward Bunker was a career criminal. He was in um, San Quentin. Wow. He, he didn't get out until he was, I think, in his 30s. And then he he had started writing in prison. And then he was so successful, he didn't have to be a crook anymore. But Tarantino admired him and put him in, in the movie as Mr. Blue. And then Edward Bunker wrote a
0: a memoir about his life called Mr. Blue. Wow. That's freaking amazing. See, that makes that, that story even better. The fact that every... Another thing about Reservoir Dog, the fact that their characters are named Mister Color, like that's iconic too. Remember when I was a little kid and you had the, we had Mister Blue, Mister Gray, yeah. because yeah. of that movie. I didn't even know.
1: That's right. We called our cars by then a uh, color, Mister This, Mister That. We did, and that I, see Buscemi saying, "Why do I movie. gotta be Mister Pink? Why do I gotta be Mister Pink? Because <laughs> you're Mister Pink. That's it." Yeah, you know, Buscemi was a pain in the ass. He didn't want to pay the dollar tip, and he didn't want to be. He was always a a, a contrarian, right? He's the one
0: guy who doesn't die. No, I think he gets. He, I think. I think he gets arrested. But yeah, he's he the w- one guy who doesn't die, right? So maybe you should be a contrarian. <laughs> maybe you should question everything, man. Yeah, I don't know. I like anyway, uh, so thanks. For it's hard to be- watch though, right? It's a lot of screaming. It's a lot of screaming in that a, one room. A lot of blood. Oh God! Oh God!
1: <laughs> You're gonna be okay.
0: You're gonna be okay. I don't know. Are you sure?
1: Shut up. When Keitel is screaming and, and he's over Tim Roth, it's like the ending of King Lear.
0: Yeah, absolutely it is, right? right? It's like the You of guys just all suit each other already. <laughs> 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 all right, I got to go. All right, uh, I'm going to answer a few more Super Chats over here, but I'll see you later. No, no, no. I'll wait wait till noon. I want to see. Pharisee says, is Danny Gray going to get on the field this year? I don't even think he's going to make the team. We'll see. Nadro Niner says, love the show, guys. Uh, It was curious that Kittle said what Kelsey told him about how he and Pat work on things and how he's trying to do the same with Trey. It was curious that Kittle said what Kelsey told him about how he and Pat work on things and how he is trying to do the same with Trey. Well, let's see if Trey's on the team. Yeah,
1: and also I love how uh, Kittle always makes himself the center of the team. Yeah. It's
0: about Kittle. It's yeah, not and about he's the head Trey. coach. Oh, oh he's absolutely. the head coach. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm working with Trey. Yeah, I'm doing what I can. <laughs> give I, me a break. That guy's freaking
1: is, break. That guy is such a a, a news hound. You know what oh, I yeah. mean?
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Let's let's move on. And it's funny as a lot of other people that do what he does get the label of diva attention mongerer not him everyone thinks he's <laughs> no. just really just the tr- most charming guy ink talk tv says from quest for six to super bowl window and you replace the quarterback you don't want with the quarterback that's the exact same maybe less stop the super bowl talk please sounds good to me it's a quarterback league josh wyatt says my point was that they didn't believe in trey why trade assets to win now if you are convinced that lance won't work which explains the entire 2022 offseason when they didn't fill obvious needs Well, I think that's very brave that they tried to uh, tank last year after going to the NFC Championship. Most teams would try to (laughs) do better after going to the NFC Championship. The NFC are going to take a step back because they play the long game, which is why they're the best organization. Lemonade stands win Super Bowls. Non-lemonade stands think about winning Super Bowls and plan it for the future. Overseas Niners says, Cousins has always been Kyle Shanahan's guy. This is the let's see year for Brock. If he isn't the guy, then they'll pivot to Kirk. It's dumb, not excited. I agree. Kirk, what is he, 100 years old by now? He'll be 36 next year if the Niners get. Oh, yeah. 36. Yeah. Yeah. That's who you want. Matthew Sanders says, I don't know, Lowell. Keitel brought the house down in Reservoir Dogs.
1: Absolutely. I'm not putting down. It's not an either or an or. I'm saying I have a preference for one movie than the other, but I love them both.
0: We were comparing A-plus movies here.
1: And I thought Keitel was great. In addition, Keitel's from Brooklyn. He went to Lincoln (laughs) High School right over in Brighton Beach by Coney Island. And get this, Icky. His parents ran a, a luncheonette. Wow, wow! His, and I and I'm going to say go. one one other thing. He's a Jewish guy. Keitel, mm-hmm. my ass. Keitel, <laughs> Iggy, right? Was he trying to make it sound French or something? I'm telling you. You think in in Brighton Beach he was Keitel? He was. No. Ke- hey,
0: Keitel, Keitel, come over here. Keitel. <laughs> All right. Uh, I got one thing that now that I just thought about it, one thing that makes that Pulp Fiction has going for it, that Reservoir Dogs doesn't. And it's a big one. Uma Thurman. Oh. Well, Uma the Thurman. other movie doesn't have a woman. There you go. That's what I'm saying. Uma Thurman is a big difference between Reservoir Dogs and uh, Pulp Fiction. And you could argue that Uma Thurman's performance in Pulp Fiction was the best. Absolutely. She was
1: wonderful in that movie. She was. Yeah, so, was that was fun to talk about.
0: Um, uh, Ivan says, I was too young when the Niners won the last Super Bowl. I like hearing your Everyone pop stories was. about Walsh. I like hearing your <laughs> pop stories about Walsh and company when Super Bowls were won, the good old lemonade stand days. <laughs> okay, next time I'll tell a Walsh story, but I don't
1: have time today, guys.
0: Okay. Bang Bang says, How can you have two of the biggest losers ever, uh, losses ever to Mahomes and Brady and not want an elite quarterback? Well, yeah, that's I, mean, you, what
1: you
0: I Yeah. Yeah. You should have yeah. lined. You should have loined. Edgardo says the Sanahans never have developed a quarterback. Why? Because they feel like they are the quarterback, not the one on the field. You can get away with it. This is California, not Northeast, Kyle. Yeah. They're the quarterback. They're the decision makers. They're the ones reading the defenses. They just need a, a guy to throw the ball. That's sort of what they're looking for, not a quarterback. A guy to throw the ball. Kev F uh, says, thoughts on the Chris Paul trade. Would you trade Clay? I wouldn't trade clay. I would trade, trade Chris Paul again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, before he gets hurt, <laughs> God, he'll be he'll be good for like a month. Don't yeah. trade Clay. Ramilia Sports Report says Papa Cone pushing uh, back on McVay a bit. McVay deserves credit. He realized golf was costing Rams games. Got Stafford. Now McVay's youngest head coach in the NFL uh, history with a statue looking down. And Kyle, great show. I I give him credit for
1: getting Stafford. I don't give him credit for developing Goff because he's doing better in Detroit. In Detroit, last season, he did better than Stafford
0: did. That's true. Yeah. That is true.
1: He, was, um, he went the re- to the
0: Pro Bowl, right? Yep. And you could argue that the biggest reason Sean McVay has a Super Bowl ring right now is that he faced Kyle Shanahan in the NFC Championship and that <laughs> Kyle blew it. Like, I really thought the Niners had a better team than the Rams that year. They beat him twice in the regular season. They beat him six times in a row, and Kyle found a way to score 17 points and lose in that game? I yeah. don't understand that one. I think that's getting out coached. Tyler says, I'm a Saints fan, and watching what the Niners are doing to Trey Lance angers me. They gave up so much capital. He's only had 100 snaps. Start him, please. It's
1: a reasonable point of view.
0: Yeah, from your lips to God's ears, Tyler. Thank you very much, everyone, for watching. We had a ton of people in today. It's been a while. Thank you, <laughs> Dad. I'll Thanks, Ziggy. call you in a minute, and I love you. I love you, Iggy.
1: This was very enjoyable. Call me and and then I'll run to the city. Take care, everybody. See ya.